Welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of Community is a Verb. My name is Connor Kaysen, your co-host here at CIAV. And next to me, via the powers of the internet, is my extraordinary co-host, Mr. Well-Traveled. How you doing today? Hey, Connor. I'm doing well. I, I think you've used extraordinary before. This Shoot. is probably the first time you've repeated an adjective. I'm, I'm impressed that you've made it this many months. <laughs> I've, uh, I, I need to be better at updating my list. I'll go through all the old shows because I thought I, I saw that one. I was like, I don't think I've used that one yet. Um, all right. Well, that's the first repeat. Season two, I get a pass. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks. Um, yeah, I'm doing really well. Um, I, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the Texas power grid failure and uh, the really cold weather and snowstorm. And it has not been like that since then. It's been in the 80s. It's been sunny. It's like it was a bad dream that just disappeared when you woke up. Um, of course, you know, there's still a lot of people who have some challenges, but uh, I, I'm doing well. And I appreciate all of the people who have listened to the podcast and reach out to me to check on me and ask how I'm doing. Um, and thank you all. Uh, and thank you for being listeners. Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a scary thing to go through and to see like how quickly it shifted away. Right. And that was like the difference. Like we compared the California fires before, but like the fires don't go away. Um, right. And that destruction is, is in a different way, but then all of a sudden for it to be 80 degrees and like put your jackets away. Uh, it's just an extreme contrast and very interesting to see like how quickly that flipped. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's it is interesting. I mean, just to live through something like that, and yeah, it it doesn't normally happen like that. Even you know when there are polar vortexes, usually in other places, it's still cold after, right? So yeah, yeah. And then the difference. I, I know this isn't the topic of the show today, but then Texas made more headlines for all of us to read. Uh, with them become the first like major state to uh. 100% open, getting rid of their mask mandate. And so we're just in the beginning of that. So maybe in the future episodes, we'll do a little check-in about how that's different, because I'm sure that's going to continue to be uh, drastically different from what we're experiencing here in Seattle. Yeah, I think that's uh, true. I think I, I look forward to talking more about that in, in future episodes, because I think uh, it's definitely going to create some sort of social tension with the different businesses, you see some businesses saying that they will uh, require a mask. Others say that they are, they will not no longer require a mask. And then you have customers who are taking sides as well, saying they will they will not go to a business that doesn't require a mask. And so I think you're going to see some really interesting, um, you know, social issues pop up all of a sudden. Um, you know, interpersonal issues, and um, you know, we saw that at the very beginning, right? Uh, where yes. people would, were battling it out with the grocery store workers or you know convenience store workers, and so I think we're going to see something similar. I hope not too drastic, but you know when people feel that they are right, <laughs> they'll go to any lengths to let you know that they are correct that you are wrong. So uh, we'll see what happens here. Uh, yeah, so we should hold off on talking about that today uh, because I really want to get into this really unique topic that you brought to my attention recently called NFTs. And I have so many questions for you, Connor. I know you're not an NFT expert, but I need to know what are they? Like, how do they work? Uh, why are people paying millions of dollars for them? Should I be 
in the NFT game? I, I don't know. So yeah, I have so many, I have so many questions for you. So okay, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. All right. So NFTs for everyone out there listening, this NFT stands for non-fungible tokens. These are right now they're collectibles that are happening online uh, that have a digital footprint. They're traded on the blockchain and uh, they are just exploding right now. They're becoming like the new hot collectible. I think a lot of What's happened over the last two years, everyone knows about the popularity of sneakers, right? And the uh, all these really teenagers who go buy all these sneakers and they flip them on the secondary market. Uh, trading cards have also had a resurgence from like back in the 90s. Like when I was a kid, baseball cards were one of like the biggest cultural phenomenons. They've come back, not so much baseball cards anymore. Now like football and the NBA cards are really popular. But now they're creating these digital versions of them using cryptocurrency, trading them on the blockchain, and they're absolutely exploding just based off the way technology is, is kind of hoarding them. And, and why I was interested in having this topic on the show was the communities that are being built here are extremely interesting. And that's what I've been watching. And back in February, with the stock market interest, the public stock market interest uh, with the GameStop trading and then leading into this NFT trading, I think those really like um, kind of jumped on top of each other and created even more hype about what's going on. Uh, so <laughs> where to start with the NFTs? Uh, well, here, how about what, what kind of question? Look, shoot off one of those questions for me and we can start there. All right. So my first question that after you've given me this great intro, so is our NFT, should I be thinking of them like digital beanie babies? Digital beanie babies is, is, is probably perfect, honestly. Okay. Um, and, and the same concept, right? Beanie babies, when, when that craze was going on here in America, it was collect these beanie babies. They're going to, they're going to be worth millions in the future, right? So everyone got the beanie babies. They got the tags and the tag covers and protectors. They put them all in these boxes. And then 20 years later, there's like nine beanie babies that are worth lots and lots of money if they're in prime condition, but otherwise all the beanie babies like were donated to goodwill and who knows what landfill a majority of those are sitting in. And I do predict with NFTs, it's actually going to be the same thing where 99% of these NFTs are going to be completely worthless, but the 1% that become iconic, they think that they're going to be like all time high returns on these topics. So, so, and, and how they work are they're just like, gifts and images and their digital artwork that uh, sports are really big. So the big one right now is called NBA Top Shot. Uh, you can't even sign up for it right now because it has been just blowing up. But every week they come out with these series of packs, right? They're releasing their card packs. And what's really cool is say the, the release is at noon today. They will say everyone needs to sign up by noon we have 1,000 packs that we're going to give away. They take everyone who signed up by noon, and then you get a randomly distributed number, right? Say 5,000 people sign up. You get a number one through 5,000 at noon. And then if you get number one through 1,000, then you get the packs, right? So it's like completely democratic and fair, fair um, about who actually is going to get one and who, who doesn't get one. There's not like this uh, inequality about what number you're going to get. And then it's you, you, you get your pack, right? You get your digital card, you open it up, whatever it is. 
the only the only ones that are actually like having lots of value are like specific numbers that match players, right? So if you get a LeBron James card and you got number 23 in the pack, then that card becomes extremely valuable because of the attachment to the number in the pack plus the player's number in the card, right? So, and I don't know if LeBron's happened yet, but the, there was a Luka Doncic who plays for the Dallas Mavericks. His number matched his card and that thing like went skyrocketing. Um, and so there's been the secondary market of trading that's happened. Everyone opens up their packs and really quickly, like it's, you can tell is your card valuable or is it not valuable? And very few cards are very valuable, but I know like in the beginning I had a friend who on the first card, he flipped it, he bought it for 10, he flipped it for 32 bucks, like minutes later. Uh, but now that card's worth $300. So maybe he traded a little too early. Um, and this is all a luck, very much stock market game. We don't know what's going to happen with these things. There could be short-term games. There could be long-term games. There's going to be lots of losses all over the place. So it's not necessarily something I'm saying you should go and invest in. But I do think it's something that we should all keep our eye on because how all this technology is trading on the blockchain is... Uh, And I'm no expert on blockchain or cryptocurrency, but what I do know about these things is the transparency of the transaction is really, really important. So if Mr. Well-Traveled sells his token to me today, it is on the blockchain forever. And everyone's going to be able to know in history that on today, I bought that token from you. And so that helps with the transparency 20 years from now with these collectibles to know who actually has ownership, right? Because when we see, uh, I've never bought high in art, but we hear these stories about like art that disappears for a hundred years, right? And then somehow gets found by some collector and then sold for like millions and millions of dollars. Uh, That's going to prevent all of that. There's going to be like full transparency on all digital art that's created, There are some artists who are coming out with uh, tangible pieces with their digital pieces, which is also another interesting aspect. One more thing I want to point on why it's very interesting for creators like you and I or artists and musicians is you can get you get a commission for any of the artwork every time it's traded. So the example here is William Shatner, surprisingly random name, uh, is like one of the first people to come out with his own NFT. So he had 10,000 packs come out, which was like 100,000 pieces of art, and he sold them all. So let's all say he sold each of those for $10. Up front, he made $100,000 on the sale of those 10,000 packs. But then every time one of those cards is sold or bought in the future, William Shatner is actually going to get a commission on that sale. So as long as these cards stay relevant and people keep trading them and paying for them, William Shatner is just going to be raking in the money, right? And taking a VIG off every single transaction, which is great for him. That becomes like an incredible investment in himself to create this art and keep getting commissioned back. And uh, I think that is going to be huge specifically for music, right? We see so many copyright infringement issues when it comes to music and art, but imagine now it's all trackable on, did you buy the license to that art? So you could put it in your music video or include it. There's all of that like very traceable information. And I think for creatives like you and I, uh, there is an interesting opportunity. I don't know if it's, we're gonna start our own NFT or have our own coin. I would love to see uh, Mr. Well-Traveled coins one day, Um, you know, coins from all over the world. I think that'd be really cool. But uh, 
yeah, it's just kind of this crazy phenomenon and it's creating these really, really unique communities right now. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds really interesting and I think I get the business model and for, for trading cards, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, but with artwork, uh, digital art, it definitely, as you mentioned, it has a lot of challenges, right? Like if you are a creator, particularly if you make GIFs or you make emojis or you make uh, something that is essentially shareable content, it, you essentially create it and you have very uh, a very difficult time monetizing it. And even when you can yeah. monetize it, you can't always track where it has been shared. And so you can't collect, e even if you have a copyright, right? You can't always collect on your um your your content and so i i this sounds like a, a great alternative i guess what i wonder is uh you know in terms of pricing how do you feel like about some of these pieces of art have sold for a lot of money let me just read one to you so there was this article this npr article that i saw yesterday and it says the work called nyan cat by chris torres sold for $590,000 recently. And the others have sold in the millions. So I, I guess what, what my question here is, is this some sort of like exclusive club for rich people? I mean, or are there more affordable ways to participate in, in you know, a digital art collection? Uh, well, the, these top shop packs are going from like one to ten dollars. So, th so that is okay. relatively affordable. Um, but it is across the board, right? There's high end art already transacting on the ledger, and uh, there's plenty of low end art. And I think it's going to be a mix of success and failure in there. Uh, the the big thing is you're not paying cash for any of these assets. So the th the uh, entry into the door is you do have to have access to your Coinbase and cryptocurrency of some time. There, um, it's mainly Bitcoin, but Ethereum is uh, also got their own kind of platforms going as well, trading here. So that is becoming the one door, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily um, just the wealthy that are trading in this. I would say wealthy more likely have cryptocurrency right now. So maybe, but uh, yeah, I mean, friends that I don't really talk about with investing, but they are sneaker collectors or they love baseball cards are certainly in this game right now. And, okay. Yeah. And, oh, and sorry, the, what were you going to say? I will. I think because we had that GameStop moment with Robin hood a couple weeks ago, uh, that a opened Robinhood up to a lot of people. A lot of people like realized, oh, there is this platform for me to take one hundred to a thousand dollars, and I can start like dabbling within the stock market. And then this kind of like piggybacked off all of that hype, right? So I think there was a decent amount of people who got interested in investing last last month, and this month they're like, oh, but look at this other unique little toy that's going on here. And they've been diving into the investment communities uh, and anyone that's kind of deeper into investments in that way have, have been talking about these NFTs and the options that are happening there. So I think they kind of uh, created an even bigger way for themselves. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it sounds, it sounds exciting. I mean, it sounds like a, a great opportunity for creators, right? And, and people who make art or people who are creating some type of content that could be collected or other people want to invest in. Uh, 
What I think, though, is a bit of a challenge that I'm trying to wrap my head around, right? When you buy, say, trading cards, like physical trading cards, you put them in a little book, right? You put them in a little plastic. And when your friends come over or when you have kids, you like pass it down and you share it with, you show your friends if they're visiting um, with art, right? You hang it on the wall or maybe you uh, put it in a a museum or a gallery if you've got, you know, that type of art. Um, I guess where, where, where I'm curious is what do you do with these tokens? I mean, how, how does anyone even know that you have them? Like, I mean, th- there's a community aspect here that I see, but is it just that people are going on like Reddit and just saying, hey, look, I, I bought this, but there's really not a way to prove that. Or like, how, how do you show off? You know, we're, we're in the we're in the clout culture, right? So how do you show off your tokens? Well, uh, taking a picture with your, your tokens or your Instagram is kind of the only way you can show it off, I guess. Um, is that a thing? Well, more so for for the physical cards are a really big thing, right? Like people are buying the physical okay. cards just to take their little Instagram photo of them holding the card. And they can do the same thing on their phone, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I haven't seen anyone personally except like the private conversations I've been having, like personally, you know, sharing them like, oh, I got, you know, the LeBron James Rookie car top shot. Uh, I haven't really seen that yet, so I'm not totally sure. I think a lot of the people who are in there right now are uh, – it's not like a public community. It's kind of like get your cards. Oh, what cards did you get? What did I get? Like do you want to trade? Uh, it's all kind of uh, secular or stuck within that little bubble as of right now. Uh, but there's no doubt that the show-off community is going to be coming really quickly. And I think that's going to come when more of these influencers – start creating their own nfts right when we start when we see um the joe rogan nft and the right like all these big celebrities that have millions and millions of people i think those are gonna that's when we'll start seeing it but i'm not really sure how people are gonna show it off i am curious uh i'm not much of a put art on my wall person i know that (laughs) that tends to be like a rich person thing but uh i I heard the story about eventually being able, like having a digital frame up on your wall and being able to just like flick it from your phone. And if you're the sole owner of that artwork, um, right, just being able to like take the art and throw it up onto your your wall. And then, I mean, that could be like a gallery of lots of different things. Um, I'm actually really excited. There's going to be a physical gallery one day and it'll all be digital images. Right. I haven't I haven't seen something like that. I guess I, I, I keep getting this ad for this uh, new Van Gogh art exhibit and it's all film like projected up on the walls where you kind of like live within his art. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see if all these digital pieces one day are going to be like displayed on televisions inside art museums, which which is kind of like silly. Uh, but also like the. The copycat, like it's one thing you own a Picasso, it's a physical piece, you put it on your wall, like no one else can own that. But a digital thing, like if I wanted to uh, take one of your Instagram posts, you know, it's not going to be as high quality, right? Say your Instagram post is worth a million dollars and I want to screenshot that and put that up there. Like it's not that far off, but, but I guess that separates the difference between saying, oh, that's an original Mr. Well-Traveled versus that's his Instagram screenshot. And that being, being the owner of the art is really the clout, not the fact that the art is on your wall. Wow. Yeah, what you're describing is a whole new, like, 
future, I mean, for really engaging with art and and whatever type of content that we consider to be valuable. I, I, I hadn't even thought about that, that you could you could have this this type of digital frame in your house where you could see this this art that you own as opposed to uh, you know physical art or you may have right a combination or go to a museum and it's only digital art but that actually makes a lot of sense uh, because so much of our lives right are becoming digital and not physical I, I wonder though is there a a future in which it's all nft? Um, and it's not, and people don't see value in taking the time to do a real painting, right? Or to print, you know, an actual baseball card. I've been thinking a little bit about that too, in in, in regards to um, like um, writing. So physical books, right, have been um, a thing for hundreds of years. And one thing that we can do is we can take a book that existed, you know, 500 years ago. And as long as it still has a, you know, it's in good condition, you can still read it, right? Yes. And it can survive. But but digital digital doesn't always work that way. Things get lost when technology changes. And so I often wonder about what happens with this this art with uh, as technology changes or or as uh, people start to value uh, things differently, right? So if we don't publish a book and we only make it available in a digital way, and then somehow it just disappears off of the internet, we've literally lost it forever. Like we don't get it back. How, do you think that we we also could encounter a future that way too, where we've We've got this art that only exists there, and could, and we don't value physical art in the same way. So it's just, it's just gone. Yeah, for sure. And and I think there's a lot that's going to shake out as far as uh, who's going to be the winner of the the ledgers and the blockchains that these all host on. Because we saw in the early days of cryptocurrency uh, and Bitcoin that there were a bunch of wallets that came out, and then like a bunch of them got hacked and disappeared, and people lost. Uh, now what's a lot of money losing bitcoins by these wallets just like disappearing and getting hacked and like it took us years for coinbase really to become like this position and 10 years from now who knows who's really going to be the the primary bank and wallet of these technologies so i think you have a good point it all could disappear or you have something like what happened in our last episode with the texas power outage and then what what does your cryptocurrency mean when you don't have internet you don't have electricity um i would say also what does your picasso mean when you don't have those things as well right that's that's just a, a fuel for your fire in in all essence when when you're in those desperate modes but the powers of the technology are certainly in question i don't know enough about the technology to know how reliable those things are uh but going back to one of your original questions about like the future uh i always think about have you seen the movie ready player one or read the book ready player one I haven't, no. Uh, pretty much the whole world operates within VR, right? So the, the protagonist of the book, he always just puts on his headset and he goes into this full like virtual uh, life, right? And whole society operates within the virtual reality and like out, the outside world is like, uh, like apocalyptic almost. And um, that's, 
I'm not sure how long until we start getting in there, but I really do feel that by the within our lifetime, there is going to be a lot of life happening in a physical internet right? That will put on contacts or our head mask or whatever it is that gets us into that space. And that's how we will work. That's how we'll do entertainment for sure. Um, that's how we'll socialize with each other. I think a lot will operate within that digital society. And the way that we transact here is going or how we transact in those virtual currencies. I think right now we're laying the foundations for those things, right? Uh, tracking how money is all transferred, right? How transparent the money transfers all are, um, how assets are transferred to each other. When you're on a digital platform like that and you're all living in a digital age, it makes sense that this ledger is as transparent as really most of the internet is. And, and so that's kind of where I see this going in the future is it's hard to apply necessarily right now, like, oh, what do you do with these digital gifts and artwork that you're getting? It, it's tough to understand now, but I really think in 20 years, 30 years, that might be your office, right? And so your LeBron James number 23 top shot uh, in your digital office, when you come and visit me to record the show in whatever VR, AR show that is, that Jordan thing then becomes as tangible as the real art would have been today. Um, and so I think that's kind of where, when I talk about uh, <laughs> future, you know, space life that we could live, that's like where it like starts. It's like, oh, this digital thing actually feels a little bit more tangible when we're living in a more digital, tangible world, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's kind of exciting to think about. Um, so I have to ask then with that, um, are you going to buy an NFT? Not yet. I'm not brave enough yet. Wait a minute. Um, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. We just went through this whole show, <laughs> and you're like praising the NFT, and you're not buying one yet. Well, a so so Top Shot is the number one place right now. It's the place that's blowing okay. up, and they have okay. limited their access to signing up. So you can't even sign up right now to get on Top Shots. Oh, so that's the one you're most interested in. Well, that's that's the one everybody's interested in right now. It's kind of the primary okay. spot. Um, okay. But they're, they're kind of happening all over. I'm still like in this research phase. Uh, I am not one to spend my money quickly on these kind of crazes, right? I didn't buy GameStop, wasn't ever going to buy GameStop. Um, I don't have a Robinhood account. These kind of things I'm still like watching from afar, trying to figure out uh just where is this going and what's not and and for me it's just like understanding where the future is going that's why like i am paying so much attention to this and as a content creator really why i'm so intrigued by this is that it feels like it is putting a value on every piece of content on the internet and yeah. that is why i'm so interested because i put out you know 10 to 20 pieces of content every day on the internet not to say that my content is worth a penny whatsoever, but as long as we're starting to have these one-of-a-kind pieces of content, which is pretty much everything I put on the internet, um, why wouldn't we just timestamp it, sign it, and if you want to sell it, make it available, right? Yeah. Um, which becomes really interesting uh, what people do, how the trading cards got really popular is, or why they are popular is, you is investing in the rookie cards of those players that are in their rookie seasons, right? So say you were a rookie in the NBA, Mr. Well Traveled, and I like you, and I'm like, you know what? Mr. Well Traveled is the next 
Michael Jordan, I'm going to buy up a bunch of your rookie cards, which aren't worth anything right now. But if you become Michael Jordan, even if you get close to Michael Jordan, that rookie card skyrockets in value. However, there are, let's say, 50 rookies this year. Three of them are going to be good, right? So there's not a lot. I mean, maybe, maybe even one's going to be that like all-time area. Um, And so I think that has a similar way of playing out when it comes to individual creators like you and I. Like what if you could sell all of your Instagram posts right now? You decided I'm going to sell them for $1, but you become really famous from the show. You sold it for $1 now, but maybe that person is selling that piece of content, right? It was from before you're famous for $100. You would get a commission on that $100, which is great. But uh, right, all of a sudden it becomes worth $100 and you kind of sold your equity early. And not sure how that plays out or where that goes, but I'm intrigued about assigning value to content because we've talked about this a lot, right? Like what is your content worth? How much should an advertiser or a brand pay you to create that content and publish that content? I think this is going to start bringing some real transparency on like, is your content actually valuable? Like, will people buy it? Will people trade for it? Uh, and that's why I'm just so intrigued about what's going on here. And uh, yeah, I don't spend my my money this thing for me is not about, you know, flipping a digital card to make 30 bucks. Like that's not, uh, that's just not a personal motivator for me. Uh, but I am just seeing like, how is this uh, micro community going to impact us uh, on a broader level as creatives and, and business people? Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great approach. Um, you've inspired me today. Uh, I, I absolutely want to learn more about NFTs. I also want to, uh, I want to try to see what it would be like to buy one. I think, I, I mean, I'm just curious of what the process is like and how to think about it and what's out there as an NFT. And then I really like the idea of creating NFTs myself. I mean, wouldn't that, I mean, like you said, I mean, I, I'm like, wow, that could be amazing. A well-traveled coin. I never, you know, open us up my, uh, my world to some things that I had never even thought about before, you know, I'm, and you know me, I'm pro, I'm pro cryptocurrency. So I'm yeah. all about it. Uh, so I, you know, I, I do agree with you. I think the future is definitely digital and, and I think blockchain is the future as well. So um, I absolutely want to be where, where the blockchain is. <laughs> yeah. So you'll, you'll have to go find out like if any of your like favorite creators or TV shows uh, are going to come out with their own because TV shows, it just makes sense for there to be like investments, right? Like if they launched a friend's NFT right now, it would sell like hotcakes. It would just be crazy. Um, And so I'm very curious to see what are all the big companies going to do? Are we going to have an Apple NFT? Are we going to have a Nike NFT? Um, Like are all the individuals going to go with that? Or does the the traditional stock market still carry all the same things? I'm just not really sure, Uh, but it's really exciting. And I think it's just a really big opportunity for the individual creators. Right. Um, Right. The small people kind of create and to create your own economy on your own coin is uh, is very interesting, could be totally worthless. But uh, you never know if 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 you really become uh, a famous or sought after individual. There's really some value to creating these one of a kind digital assets. Yeah. Uh, And even if you're not famous, I mean, if you look at, you know, today's uh, content creator landscape, right, like you have ordinary people 
who live ordinary lives, who can make money from cooking on YouTube or reviewing products on YouTube, or, um, you know, they get sponsorship deals with brands to promote products on Instagram. So I, I'm thinking even, even broader than that, right, than just the, the famous person, but just the ordinary person who, you know, as we look at the world of work evolving, right, people still need to do something to make money. And the idea today that you can't be a creative person and make money has always been odd to me. And now with the internet, we're starting to see these new opportunities emerge for ordinary people to be creative in ways that didn't exist because the technology didn't exist or they didn't have access to the technology. And now that they do, it's creating more opportunities for people to earn a living who might otherwise not have uh, that same earnings power in our very rigid, um, you know, work structure that we have in the world. So I'm actually excited about that because I, I do think human creativity has been sorely undervalued by corporate interests and human beings have so much imagination and intelligence that is kind of because of our school systems, right? Like stripped out of you. And you're told yes. that you, your, your creativity is only valuable if a giant corporation tells you that it's valuable. Otherwise you should not use it. So here now we have an opportunity for an individual to say, I can see a way to be creative and also earn a living. And that I think is good for humanity. I totally agree. And, and these are just, uh, the, the snowball effect of the internet uh, providing more opportunity and equality for people to get out of their situations, right? To, to raise their income levels, to move up in class, uh, because the internet is just a very different place on how you get evaluated as a creator and as an individual. Um, and it does provide you a platform that if you are interesting or providing value in some type of way, that people are going to come. Right. And people are going to listen and, and follow along and join you and support you. And uh, now all of these tools are coming out that are so much more consumer friendly. Right. Like investing in the stock market is so much easier today than it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Um, that's just providing a lot more opportunity uh, for people who are in a different class to kind of elevate their themselves right and their their long-term financial wealth and so i think tools like this are providing even more opportunity for if you're a musician sitting at home right and you can just sing really well a couple tiktoks away from having a record deal or uh just making money off of tiktok or putting your own songs out on spotify uh same thing for artists and anyone who's got a creative venture or has a story to tell they're, they're just moments away from kind of changing the trajectory of their lives. And I think that's super cool. And as these all these tools kind of pile on, uh, it's interesting how it's going to disrupt the world. That's a whole nother question if what's going to happen with this, right? Like you're, you're, with the blockchain thing, like that's not very uh, big government friendly, let's put it that way. And so uh, there are still a lot of humans involved that uh, are not going to be happy, right? People who are in power are not going to be happy about this decentralized power that is happening within people. And so uh, I think there are still lots of battles to be had uh, between companies and individuals and just humans in general about like how are we actually going to um, keep building on top of this digital society. 
Well, this was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. And I think that's actually probably a perfect place to, to end this on that, that note right there. So I think there's more to come, right? I think there's more for us to discuss. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to revisit this topic too at, at a future date, because I think there's going to be more news, right? We're going to start hearing like we do with art, right? The biggest, you know, uh, purchase or you know, price paid for an NFT ever is going to be a hundred million dollars then a billion dollars. And then, you know what I mean? Right. So I think there's more to come. Also, there's not an NFT podcast. From what I, I, I wanted, I checked that before we recorded. I wanted huh. to see ours. Is there an NFT podcast? There are people who have been talking about NFTs on podcasts, at least for the past three years, but there's not an NFT dedicated podcast. You're so, you're so into this subject. That might be, find me in NFTs. I don't know. Oh man, I do, I do not need another podcast. Yes, between this one and the one that I do with my wife, I've I've got uh, too much. And, and I do a uh, in the fall, I did a fantasy football podcast with my friends for our little league. And, and yeah, I don't think I can take any more. But if I if I get really knowledgeable in this topic, maybe I'll think about it. But I think it's a little too niche for me uh, to 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 start another show just yet. Who yeah, knows? Maybe you become a millionaire on on your first NFT purchase, and then we'll just talk about that exclusively on the show. <laughs> All right, Mr. Well Traveled, you got any uh, parting words for the audience here? Uh, you know, normally I, I have something, but actually I don't today. I was just, the, I, you know, I was thinking about the NFTs. I was like, you know what? I can't wait to learn more about these NFTs. So I guess, you know, when it comes to the internet, I think we should all just keep our um, minds open and look for these really new opportunities and really explore them. Because I think, you know, like you said earlier, it may not be right for you, it may not be right for me, it may not be right for everyone, but there are so many new ways of, working, making money, being creative that we continuously see on the internet. And I think, you know, uh, between now and our next episode, um, I, I hope that if you found some value in this, definitely, um, you know, let us know, you know, where to find us, uh, on, on the, on the gram, uh, Connor said, find me in Seattle. I'm at Mr. Well-Traveled. Uh, that's Mr. Well-Traveled, of course, with two L's. Um, and, uh, let us know what you, what you thought. And if you are in the NFT game, I'd like to hear from you because I'd love to learn more. Um, and maybe you can come on the show and talk to us and educate our the, our broader community that we we have with this show. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's that, that's what really we should be thinking about. Like, you know, we've, we've talked with uh, different guests who've shared with us their thoughts on how the internet has helped them to build community during the pandemic. But, you know, this goes beyond the pandemic. This is really about looking to the future of community. And it looks like the future is blockchain. The future is digital. Perfect. See you later, everybody.